What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the 3C Podcast. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. It's Monday, and you know what that means. It is time for another conversation with someone from the Fathom team. But this time, it's not Jonathan. We're subbing him out, letting him get a little breather, and we're bringing in Elena. Elena is a growth marketer on the Fathom team, and she has been here as long as I have. We started on the same day. We've been working on a lot of problems together, and I am excited to share her voice and especially share a campaign that she is launching this week. Bringing her on to talk about the mechanics behind the campaign, the thought process, and how she is thinking about growth marketing at Fathom. If you are a marketer, especially if you're on the growth side, this is a conversation you're going to want to tune in on. Definitely hit follow on our Twitter account, at Meet Fathom. Pumping out a lot of stuff there. Check out our blog, at MeetFathom.com. High volume of content. It's not like your other B2B content. It's your B2B content alternative. I'm telling you, we're turning it up. At the 3C Podcast on TikTok and Instagram, getting those channels going. And if you like what you've been hearing here, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review. We appreciate that. All right. Time to learn. Let's kick it to the conversation. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the 3C Podcast. I'm excited for these Monday conversations because it gives you the opportunity as a listener to hear from us and hear what we're working on and not also just hear from me and Jonathan, but also other members of the team. So I am excited to be joined by Elena. Elena is the growth marketer on the Fathom marketing team right now. So what we're going to do in this conversation is just talk about her joining the team, responsibilities, and then kind of close with a a campaign that is launching this week that I think is super cool and uh, give you all some ideas on how how to think about launching campaigns, maybe from a growth marketing perspective that are a little outside the box. But without further ado, how are you doing today, Elena? Doing well. Thanks for having me, Brett. Yeah, absolutely. So we we're the two two first, I guess, official employees of this team outside of Jonathan. So we have been uh, in the game. It seems like for for like six months, but it's been less than a month. I think tomorrow it'll be a month. I guess how how is this experience of just jumping into this new startup life treated you so far? Like what's what's going on in your head on on a regular basis? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. It's Overall, I love it. It's moving so quickly. And obviously, you can't really match that pace in any other kind of experience. It's definitely like nothing I've ever done before. The smallest team I've ever joined was 30 to 40 people. So five people is a very big difference. Um, And, you know, as you know, the, the big decisions that we have to make on a weekly basis are so interesting and also so weighty. And I think that's really exciting too, Um, whether it's on the marketing side or the product side, sales, whatever, it's just really been pushing, I think pushing all of us mentally to work through these bigger challenges so quickly and so early on. And it's really also kind of brought the team together in a really cool way, really quickly, even though we're remote. So I think there's just been a lot of excitement and challenges, but overall, very, very happy to be where I'm at. Yeah. And I would say, I think it's been fun getting to know you and getting to know everyone else on the team and like motivations and desires and what we're looking to get out of this opportunity. One thing I want to touch on that I think stands out to me 
is something you said in the interview process. And I learned this because you authored a blog post this week that was awesome. We're getting everyone to contribute to our content here. You're contributing now, which is, which is fun. But during the interview process, when you're chatting with Jonathan, he asks you the question of, you know, what am I going to learn from you? And you kind of took a step back and probably you're processing it. And you're like, well, you know, he's the one with more experience. He's the CEO. And your response, I thought, was spot on. And it's something that I'd love for you to unpack and talk about a little bit. So maybe I've just read it. We haven't talked about it, but maybe walk me through that moment when you were in the interview process with Jonathan and kind of how that went went about. Yeah, it was interesting because he prefaced it with a lot of people can't give me an answer to this question. So I'm a little like not outwardly, but definitely internally a little bit competitive. So already there's like a challenge of like, well, I'm not just anyone, I'm going to answer this question and hopefully stand out by doing so, especially since it was an interview. And so I'm thinking about that, but you also, again, like you just said, and I said in my blog, he has literally more career experience than I do. So what do you say in that instance where the CEO wants to know what they're going to learn from you I just quickly tried to think through, well, what's something that I do naturally that's also been furthered through my career. So I don't think it's a shock to anyone who knows me that I'm an optimist. And so that was kind of my answer is that he would learn to see nearly everything through a half glass full attitude. And while that can be annoying if you're a friend or family member who just wants some empathy in a conversation. And I'm constantly turning it into some sort of, well, at least, you know, you're not, you have a job or at least you're not broke or whatever. In a startup situation, I think more often than not, that optimism is really going to help us. And especially with growth marketing, there's a lot of big tests, potential failures. And I think that optimism is something that I can bring to the team that might be above average. Yes, I would say that in the short time of working with you, I, 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 I enjoy the optimism. I think you have to be maybe not 100% optimistic, but like you have to have some level of optimism to jump into this, jump off the cliff, I guess, and, and hope that we, we've got a parachute and we're like, you know, surviving. You've got to have some in this space that we're living in because there's so much uncertainty and stuff changes so quickly. I mean, we shifted our alignment and go to market focus in, you know, two, three weeks into it. And we all just said, well, yeah, that makes sense. Like, let's do it. So I appreciate that. And I think that's a, a, a just an interesting thing for anyone who's in like a startup space to think about, think about that question back to you. And it doesn't need to be an interview form, but it can just be something you think about on a regular basis and how you're, how you're being seen and contributing to your uh, organization. But I want to talk about growth marketing. I think you've got to be optimistic to be a growth marketer. There's a lot of failing in growth marketing and a lot of learning. So maybe talk to me about how you think about just like the the broad topic of growth marketing, and then we'll get into your role specifically. Yeah, good question. So I definitely, I think about it in the traditional growth marketing sense that a lot of probably like Silicon Valley startups think of it where you're, you're looking for leverage points in the marketing cycle that can be tested and changed to ultimately improve 
the user experience or onboarding or just some area where there's massive room for growth for the company, whatever those KPIs are. What's interesting about where we're at is that we don't currently have a marketing cycle yet. You know, we're a new company. So from that perspective, growth marketing to me is more about finding those growth engines and figuring out like, you know, what works for us and we'll continue to work on an ongoing basis that we can get put in place and then build from. And so right now, to me, growth marketing is a little different than what it probably will be in a couple of years for Fathom, which has been really interesting to try and figure that out when that's really not how the industry looks at growth marketing exactly. So I'm just running a lot of bigger tests that are more centered around finding what those big growth engines are going to be for us. Have you seen or been given any signals from any of those tests? I know it's early that you're, you've, be, you've started to maybe gravitate towards because you've thought maybe not like this isn't the silver bullet, but maybe this is something that we should be thinking about because I'm seeing a little bit here. And maybe if we tweak this, this will improve. Like, have you had any signals so far in your work? I would say right now, the biggest signals are coming more from feedback forms. So our, our biggest test of the company starts next week. So in terms of huge test results, those are yet to come. However, with like the incremental gains we've made in the last month with smaller tests, people that sign up for our wait list are giving, given the option to give us feedback. And so some of them have, and we're asking them about their pain points and trying to figure out what can Fathom solve for specifically when it comes to consuming B2B content. And so there's, there's little tidbits there. It's still a small data set, but we're certainly finding that, especially with the marketing crowd, there's honestly, it's FOMO. Like people want to make sure that they are in the loop on the latest content that's out there for their industry so that they don't fall behind. And I think that resonates with me. So even though it's a small data set, I know that I think all three of us marketers on this team can feel feel that same pain point of it's a really quickly moving industry and we don't want to fall behind. And so far, the data is kind of telling us that as well. So do you have, based on the FOMO component being like the number one piece of feedback, have you been able to process that in a way that gives you some sort of idea on like what we might do with with those uh with that early signal are you there yet in short i don't think i'm there yet i think there's a lot of ways we can take that but we're just starting i feel like to get ramped up with the product team and those conversations of what does marketing feedback look like for the product team so as we have more of those conversations i think we'll start to get some ideas of what our growth engines could be I think one of the things that I keep looking at, which Jonathan does a nice job of making sure we're all aligned and on track and looking at the, you know, regular scorecard. It's nice for a brand new company, but we've got a scorecard and we've got metrics that we're driving towards. And one of the things that stands out to me is maybe we've all got metrics associated with our work, but yours is a, seems to me at the stage we're at a pretty lofty goal with I think it's 20,000 people uh, on the wait list uh, this quarter. 
And think about what you just talked about. I mean, we, we don't have any, we're figuring out the marketing engines. We're, we've got nothing formed. We're just testing, trying to do it. Like, how are you thinking about this land of uncertainty? You said you're an optimist, which helps, but how are you thinking about this like land of uncertainty of not knowing what's going to work and what doesn't at this point, And then seeing that number of, well, we need to get 20,000 people signed up for our wait list. Like, how are you processing that on a daily basis? <laughs> yeah, I think lofty is an understatement, but, you know, I, I knew going into this role that that was the goal for the quarter. So I, you know, I'm not surprised and I knew it was coming. And I think how I've tried to wrap my brain around it is just, I mean, I, I am a data person, so I have to some extent tried to map out you know, in theory, if we have five big tests in a quarter and, you know, a couple of them do really well, how many waitlisters does that equal? And so there's definitely, I've been approaching it to some extent from the quantitative side of things. Also just trying to really think outside the box. I mean, when you think about how big that goal is for such a short amount of time and a small amount of budget, you really have to think outside of the box and there's no other way. So that's actually almost kind of nice because it puts me in a position where I am, you know what won't work because you know that standard marketing campaigns, like whether it's paid advertising or email, unless it's an anomaly, it's not going to get us that many waitlisters in a quarter. So then you at least know that you have to take big risks. And in some ways it's nice to be kind of pushed into that, especially I, I can be a little risk averse sometimes. Um, but really my competitive side knows that there's no way to hit this goal and be risk averse. And so that's, again, maybe I'm just being overly optimistic, but I feel like the scenario almost is pushing me exactly the way that we need to go, which is big tests, big risks, crazy hypotheses to get us to try new things. And something needs to go viral, frankly, for us to hit that goal. And I think we'll find it. Yeah. And that is a, maybe just a perfect lead in and segue to something that as this episode goes live, you will be launching this week. And I know, I guess a comment first, you are starting a campaign and we're going to talk about that campaign, but just, I think it's good for any company at this stage to be thinking about campaigns, trying to go viral, taking these risks, because you have tapped tapped everyone within the company on the shoulder at some point or the other um, resources to try to help support this, which I think is super cool. I think you're not trying to go in and you're the one quarterbacking and it's your primary responsibility, but you felt like, you know, I don't need to go try to do this all myself. So I think in that way, it's been fun because I understand what you're up to and what you're trying to do and other people within the company feel the same way. So I think that's fun where taking big chances can be a connector of people within a company at this stage. So there's so much to say about this campaign. So maybe like before we jump into what the campaign is, like talk first about like you're, we've talked about big swings and it's something Jonathan's talked about, but talk about like the big swing mentality and what was going on your, in your head before we got to what the campaign is. Yeah, that's a great question. Prior to working with you guys, I, I didn't call it big swings, but I really, that term is really latched on for me, but in short, kind of going back to what I was just saying, we 
know that to get 20,000 people on our wait list in a quarter, we really need something that's above average. It's not your typical marketing campaign. And so with that, one day when I was a little bit anxious about this 20,000 goal, I sat down and asked myself, okay, if I had to get all 20,000 waitlisters in the next two weeks with little to no budget, how would I do it? And that really forced me to think way outside of the box because I think it's natural for our brains if we know that a deadline is, say, end of April, then we kind of stretch out all of our um, initiatives or or actions to get to that goal. And really to hit 20,000, I think we need a big boost up front. And so I thought about it that way, like what, what if my timeline was shorter? What if my budget was smaller? How would I do this? And then that's when I started, it really forced me to get more honest and more frank with myself about what works and what doesn't and what people want and what they don't want or what's going to make someone move versus just scroll through an ad or whatever else we try. And that honesty with myself kind of got me to start thinking about like what right now in society is eliciting emotional responses from people, because that's how you go viral. And obviously we don't want to elicit negative responses. So I was thinking more on the the bright side of like, what are people happy about? And actually without getting too much into the campaign, that's when I kind of started thinking about this nature we've seen from people in the last year with so many communities shutting down and small businesses shutting down. There's been a huge groundswell of support for local businesses. And the emotion behind that is very strong for myself as well as everyone around me. So that's kind of where I started going with this. Like, how could we think outside of the box? And then I'll stop for a second before I get too far into the campaign. But that's that's really how we got to where we are. Yeah, no, and I love the setting, shortening deadlines for yourself and putting that into perspective. I think that's uh, interesting. Uh, You're right. Like people don't do stuff typically up until they're in a time crunch. So I love how you're thinking about that. Now, the the business idea and figuring out how you align with certain businesses, certainly something we can all get behind and support. And that was kind of the the angle you were uh, running down for a while, but it but it changed a little bit. So maybe talk about that change and where you refocused your efforts, and then we can get into just the campaign and what you're bringing to market. Yeah. So yeah, again, without getting into the campaign, I would say with growth marketing tests in general, especially these big ones, it's really important to get a lot of different opinions from the team because we all know like diversity of thought creates better ideas and all kinds of other things, more profitable companies. And and it makes sense, right? Like we all have different perspectives. And so the more you can pull those in, the more likely you are to succeed. So anyway, I kind of, I pitched this idea to you guys two weeks in, I think, to being at the company. And it was actually the first week of even knowing the product team. So it felt early and it was a little bit uncomfortable, but we, the whole point with growth marketing, I think is again, get, get the concepts, right? Like have your data and your logic behind an idea, but start with the shell of the idea and, and why you think it would work and let some of the variables change. And so I went into it saying to you guys, Hey, this is the, 
you know, a draft of an idea or a concept and try to not hold on too tightly to some of the variables within that concept. And then again, that's where getting all of the opinions from you all helped to make that idea better. And I think for all growth marketers, if you're launching an idea that's really only been vetted by you, then I can't imagine your chances of success are very high because again, diversity of thought, new opinions really helps to shape and iterate an idea until it has a much better chance of success. So that's kind of what we did and that's why it changed over time. And then, yeah, so you presenting it two weeks in, I'm I'm just sharing my thoughts on being on the other side of that. It's immediately I'm like, okay, I see, I like this because it's different and things about it change, but by offering feedback, by being someone who offered feedback immediately, then I'm invested in the success of this campaign. So all of a sudden, and this is again to offer growth marketers out there, all of a sudden, everyone on the team who is offering feedback is aligned and doing whatever we can do to make sure that this is successful as possible. So I think that's like a, whether it's direct or indirect result of the way you've organized this campaign, I think we don't know what the results are going to be, but I think doing it that way, as opposed to being the lone wolf increases your odds for success because you've got more people's attention on it and more, more ideas and in, in more different uh, ways that we can align or as a company, like doing this po- podcast episode to talk about it. Like if you didn't ask for feedback and you're doing it by yourself, chances are like, we probably wouldn't be having a conversation about it. So I love that. Now let's maybe let's like it. We're launch, you're launching this, like give, give the whole rundown. What's the campaign? What's the intention behind it? And what are the goals? Yeah. So I'll give the headline. The headline is that we could spend our advertising budget on Facebook ads to try and get people to our wait list. But as a company, we would much rather give that budget to a cause that's more meaningful and where our budget means more because to Facebook, let's say a $10,000 ad budget is a drop in the bucket to an organization that's trying to make a difference. $10,000 is a huge deal. So that is the concept. What we're really asking of people is that for all B2B SaaS marketing and sales folks who join our wait list, we are donating $5 of our ad budget to Kicking the Stigma, which is um, an initiative started by the Colts. And it's really focused on building awareness of mental health and also providing support for people in Indiana that need mental health tools, resources, support. And that just really, that's an initiative that means a lot to us. It's, It's helping our local community And like I said, it's a much better use of the $10,000 that we are lucky to have. We'd much rather put it towards that initiative. And instead of, again, giving it to Facebook or Google ads or whatever that may be. So again, it's just emails in exchange for donations, basically. And, And we believe that that's a good it's a good campaign, too, because we obviously believe in the wait list, right? Like we believe in what we are going to be providing marketing and sales folks. And so if we can just give that money to a cause instead of 
getting people on board and giving that money to Facebook. That's a success for us. And so we're calling the campaign money well spent because if we get end up giving $10,000 to kicking the stigma, that would be money very well spent. Yeah. And I think just my reaction to it in general, I think it's cool. I think it is, you know, we've been, everyone has been stuck inside their homes doing work. I'm, I've, I onboarded into this new company for my kitchen table. I'm alone during the days, except when I'm talking to people like Elena on zoom and, you know, we're, things are different and, you know, your mind can go a lot of different directions and, um, you know, the outside world of the past year has been challenging. So I think I love the idea. It's something that is near and dear to my heart. And the fact that we can align kind of company initiatives with a cause is, is something I'm all about and on board with. So I'm excited to see it launch. I think it's super cool. Obviously, I'm a big Colts fan too. The fact that they're supporting this initiative and I see Colts owner Jim Ursay on commercials, Darius Leonard, who's one of my favorite players talking about this cause is, you know, bonus points for it. So um, I think it's really cool and I, I'm excited just to be a part of a company this early that's kind of doing something this innovative Maybe I'd love to hear just like breaking down like the execution, like how how is this all going to work? What do you, how is it going to, how is it going to launch this week? Like, what are you coordinating? It's a lot of coordination. Like you alluded to earlier, I've got you all bought in. So I'm definitely leaning on my team to promote to their circles, their networks. It's not a secret that several of us have a lot of marketing and sales connections, whether that's on LinkedIn, you know, connections we've kept via past careers, jobs. We're going to be reaching out to those people first. These are the people who have started to see what we've been promoting anyway. They know kind of where we're going with Fathom if they've seen any of our content. And we're really just trying to get their attention and and finally get them to commit to the wait list because we really think we can provide them with something valuable. And so we'll start the promotion with more of our own circles and our own networks. And we have, you know, Brett has a video that we'll be sharing that just kind of explains the initiative. We'll have all kinds of other communications going out, just trying to explain what we're doing, why we're doing it. And that just in terms of like the technical implementation, it's a lot of coordination to put it simply. It's assets, it's to share on social media, it's coordinating with the team on promotion schedules. Um, But overall, we're obviously trying to avoid spending money on advertising campaigns. So it's a ton of organic efforts and trying to get in front of the right audience. That's great. I'm excited to see it launch this week. I'm excited to see the success of it and people sign up and us donate our money to the cause instead of Facebook advertising like everyone else is doing. The ultimate turn left when everyone is going right. You know, that's my catchphrase. Maybe we can close here. Just you've shared a lot of good nuggets about how you're thinking about your role at a new company in growth marketing. Um, What advice do you have for anyone out there who's in similar spot to you about just, you know, whether it's being optimistic or thinking about tactics, like what advice do you have based on your first month into your role for other growth marketers out there? Yeah, I, you know, I've already learned a lot in the first month, but I think what stands out to me most is just getting comfortable with being vulnerable. And by that, I mean, a lot of other roles in companies are a little more straightforward. You know, they have 
set KPIs or something that they're building and they have to build it. And then that's a success with growth marketing. Failure is definitely built in because if you're not launching, not all of the big tests you launch are going to succeed. And that's just a fact of it. And so you have to get comfortable with knowing that failure is coming, which again, not every role experiences that as often. And then on top of that, kind of like I talked about earlier, it's so important to talk to your team about the concepts that you're working on and to get their buy-in early, to get their opinions and perspectives so that you end up with a much better iteration of your original idea before you test it. And so that requires coming to your team with a, I'm not going to say half-baked idea, but it's Again, it's the concepts and the variables could change. And so you kind of have to get comfortable with knowing that when you present a new idea to your team, it's not perfect and they will have feedback, but that's part of the process. And if you are, if you have any perfectionist tendencies, then that's kind of a hard thing to stomach at first. Like coming to your team with something that's inevitably going to change makes you feel a little bit like maybe I didn't think hard enough about this. And what is my team going to think if I if my ideas are never good enough by themselves. And I think you have to fight that a lot and just know that that's the way the system works and you just have to be vulnerable. That's probably my top piece of advice. And other than that, just trying to move quickly. We, we Good advice. And we certainly are doing that, moving fast and learning on the fly. Elena, I'm excited to see how this campaign goes. We'll definitely have to get you back on here shortly to talk about what you learned from it and then what campaigns and ideas you have ahead. But thanks for uh, making your debut appearance on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been great. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Hope you learned something in that conversation. Elena's awesome. I've had a great time working with her and her role, and I'm excited to see the Money Well Spent campaign kick off and see the results. Definitely hit that subscribe button if you like what you're hearing on the 3C Podcast. Leave us a review. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you, and we'll be back on Friday.